So the first thing we actually worked on together was not Spirit Swap. And that was probably back in last January. So it's been basically a year. Last December. Yeah. Like last basically December, a year. Yeah. yeah. And we were all, we talked about being in the Discord, talking to each other. We were throwing ideas out left and right. The Dex idea was an idea, but it felt far-fetched for us because we hadn't worked on one before and it was a little daunting. Sure. So we were like, why don't we work on something we think we can do as a step? And so the first thing we did was an NFT project. Guys, should I show the NFT project on here? Definitely. <laughs> Wait, definitely. We're not even associated. We don't even, we don't do anything with it, but uh, <laughs> the NF, the NF Doge NFT on OpenSea is ours that we made. Really? It's called Official NF Doge. So you just yeah. said, let's do an NFT project and... Yeah. Create a bunch of NFTs. Were you guys sitting there with the pixel editor doing it yourselves or? No. So we were going to, we all had full-time jobs at the time. So I was, I was at Microsoft making games. And so I'd do that during the day. And then at night we'd all get on discord. We'd check in with our artists that we had been talking to and hired. We built out like an Excel sheet of all the different traits and characteristics and the percentages for each one. And then it's actually really interesting and actually was very useful that we did this because we figured out who on the team was good at what pretty early. Oh, that's like, cool. You ask the guys, I am shit at Excel. I don't know how to do Excel. <laughs> I can't do anything. True. They'd, they'd be screen sharing with me and they'd be like, Rob, so like just sum all those columns and they'd have to, <laughs> eventually they'd just like scrap it, send us the file. We'll do it. You watch our screen. So like get through all of the things we realized we were good at and not good at through the first project. And one of the biggest things was building a Discord community we had never done before. So we jump into that head first, fail a ton, get a bunch of complaints. Welcome to Mission DeFi with Brad Nickel, where we explore projects in decentralized finance that are innovating and driving our mission of financial freedom forward. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review Mission DeFi and spread the word by posting a tweet to the show. All opinions expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests are their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Black Knox, Material Indicators, or any other affiliated organizations. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests as an inducement to make a particular investment, follow a particular strategy, or become involved with any project. A project being featured on the show is not an endorsement of that project in any way. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Now, here's Mission DeFi with Brad Nickel. I'm excited today to have the team from SpiritSwap here because number one, I use the product on a regular basis, probably daily and parts of the platform. And number two, because I'm a big fan of Phantom and what's going on over there and the ease and speed and low fees of using that network. And I think there's some really cool stuff happening there. So I've got uh, Nick, Heesh, Sid, and Rob. 
And I'm going to have each of the folks uh, introduce themselves and tell us how they got into crypto. And then we'll get the kind of origin story, backstory on Spirit Swap itself. So Rob, you want to, you want to yep. kick us off? Great. Yeah, I'll kick us off. So I have a background in computer science, specifically video game development. So I went to school for, I mean, I've been doing it since I was in seventh grade, eighth grade. I've been developing games and making games, went to school for it. Had known about crypto while I was in school and going through college. Didn't dive into much of the development side of anything at the time. It just was something in the background that I knew existed. Kept up to speed with Bitcoin, read the Bitcoin standard by Safadine, if anybody's ever read that before, and it converted me. And then learned about Ethereum. I feel like that's the usual path for people. After learning about Ethereum, it was kind of at the point where I was wanting to move on from my job that I had got out of school, which is a video game programmer position at Microsoft. And that was about a year and a half ago. And that's when I kind of met Heesh. I knew Heesh in the past before that, but we weren't really good friends through a family friend of ours. We know each other. And so we started hanging out in Discord and he taught me about DeFi. Loved the idea. And I was like, let's build something. And then eventually Spirit Swap came around and we started on it. Was there adoption happening in, in DeFi at the time you guys started, or were you guys kind of like just diving into the nothingness? Uh, there was adoption. He should have been around in DeFi for quite a while at that time. So he was teaching me the ropes of stuff, getting me, you know, using certain protocols. I very, yeah. very lightly dabbled in a few protocols at the time. I think it was just around when uh, Binance Smart Chain was kind of starting to pick up steam. So there was like a lot going on there and it was much cheaper. So a good place to learn. Yeah. And what made you guys decide that Phantom was where you wanted to be? I had been following Phantom for a while since around like 2019 and I just heard really good things. It was backed kind of by Andre Cronier and I was just following development, was really interested in their consensus algorithm. And they had been around for a bit with their EVM, but not much was going on over there. I think they had like sushi swap and that was it, but there weren't really any incentives for sushi swap. So liquidity was pretty low. Uh, so we kind of just saw an opportunity on phantom where we can improve liquidity there and kind of start like a thriving DeFi ecosystem on phantom. Cool. Hey, tell us about yourself. So I got into crypto in 2017. I think the first crypto I bought was Ethereum. I was just really interested in like the smart contract platform. And I was in college at that time and pretty poor. So I started selling all my stuff to buy more Ethereum and get deeper into crypto. And you know, the 2017, <laughs> 2017 bubble came around and everything crashed. And I kind of realized like there wasn't much to do on chain at that time. And I think like everyone was kind of looking for a use case for crypto. And then DeFi popped up kind of in around 2019. And I was like, wow, this is like a use case right here. And like, you could do so much stuff on chain. Like I started using synthetics and MakerDAO and stuff like that. And then uh, the summer of DeFi, the food coin days came around and I got super into it. I would just spend all day, you know, reading about DeFi getting into it, farming the newest thing, and you've just been here ever since then. Nice. Very nice. Sid, tell us about yourself. Hey, I have a computer science background as well. I did my undergrad in SoCal. And as part of my studies, I was doing an internship at the bank. That's when I was first introduced to blockchain <laughs> in 2017. 
because we they they asked us to do a project in blockchain and I'm like oh this is interesting and then we started like doing like a lending and borrowing like application for a bank at that point it was very very like like proof of concept I was not on eat like we use like a, a different chain called as chain.com and like since then like I was always been like interested in like blockchain so I came back to school like organized a lot of events workshops like hackathons those kinds of things and got like into like the tech side of things and then after school i've been at a big tech company working in the blockchain space and i i've never been like i i've never been like too much into crypto until like last year when like i met like rob and heesh and like through the discord and we started talking and i started like slowly getting into like crypto like buying stuff and like they started explaining like defi to me so that's kind of like how i came to like phantom uh, and like spirits up kind of like started also i want to add to sid's story so sid and i met like i contacted him through work stuff at some point in time like our companies were interacting right and so i contacted him through work stuff realized he was a blockchain dev and <laughs> this is about the time like i was gonna quit microsoft to go work on something um and so when i was gonna quit contacted sid and ended up working on like a project together Wow. I think there's like a side project order of how things happen, but that's the gist. Yeah. You were a side project together. Yeah. We'll we'll probably talk about it like after all the introductions, but like that's the first project that we did together. And, and so me and he are in Seattle, so we know each other and same with a few other people on our team. So most of, most of us actually know each other in person. Yeah. So did I want to backtrack real quickly here? The uh, irony of working at a bank and getting into blockchain via a bank i there i i've done a lot of interviews and that's a first okay that's good to know yeah yeah, yeah. that was a real good summer experience just like diving in like deep in blockchain and like understanding at that point we just wanted to like kind of like optimize a process which used to like take like two months or like not two months but at least like 10 15 days to get like a loan try to optimize that and like have it like in like minutes or hours at the, at the latest. Well, it's pretty interesting that a bank was actually doing that. So that that's actually a positive thing to hear, but it's <laughs> interesting to go from that to basically creating bank. So I love that story. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah better than a sure. bank actually. So that's, that's very cool. I also find it interesting, kind of the chain of education, like he's dragging Robin and then Robin, he's dragging you in and then nick's yeah. story is cool because this is one of my favorite kind of storylines in crypto in DeFi, is the ascension of the community guy into <laughs> into a core team so nick introduce yourself and and give us a little background on on how you ended up in crypto and then how you ended up here with the spirit swap team yeah i guess the ascension you know into into a team is a really good way of putting that which is which is cool it's kind of like a little bit of a success story, I suppose, in, in, in crypto. So yeah, I'm Nick, FTM DGN operations manager at, at SpiritSwap. Background in crypto, I was sort of like a, I wouldn't call it a delayed adopter, but I, I was like very early in reading the, the original white paper to, to Bitcoin. Me and my friend one day were just sitting around hungover. And it was just around the time, you know, of the global financial crisis. And, you know, we were just kicking it, ended up reading the white paper and thinking, look, shit, this is, this is like. The potential here is, 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 you know, amazing. Which I, I could just picture, I, I just, I have this picture in my head of you sitting around. Couple of DJs just, yeah. <laughs> over. 
early 20s. Please deciding to read the Bitcoin yeah. white paper. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? All right, all right. It, it, it's a weird thing to do while you're hungover. But, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. that's cool. I guess we're kind of, we're of that caliber, I suppose. But yeah, we did a bit of research at the time. We just couldn't figure it out. Like the whole idea of wallets and, and you know, strings of code and numbers and all of that, just there wasn't a lot of info around it at the time. Fast forward to 2013, and I think that's where Bitcoin really started to see some price action, some noticeable price action that kind of captured my attention again. I had about 20 grand at the time set aside, <laughs> and it was either sledge it into Bitcoin or, or go on the OE and uh, spread my seed around the world, so to say. Uh, and I chose to spread the seed, so I uh, missed out on that opportunity as well, <laughs> as most people in their mid-20s would. But uh, yeah, fast forward 2017, I'm working in a uh, digital marketing role, leading a team. And uh, at that point, I finally, you know, I, it got to a point where it was hard to ignore the price action and also scalability and potential of blockchain technology. You know, at this point, Ethereum had emerged, you know, we're starting to see the emergence of, of decentralized exchanges coming out. I remember getting in early days and I was using, I think one of the first Dexes to come out, it's a Delta, if anyone remembers that and, and messing around with that, you know, that sort of whole eight bit sort of, I mean, and with the UI was horrible, but just the whole concept of. Uh, taking real ownership of your crypto rather than having it locked on a centralized exchange really appealed to me at the time. So it was cool to mess around with that. Fast forward even further. I originally discovered Phantom at this point, I was quite deep into crypto and, um, I was doing a bit of research into uh, directed acyclic graphs, DAG. I'd actually seeded a project at the time that was one of the first DAG protocols to come out. And so. The whole idea, the scalability and throughput potential of DAG technology is what really got me into researching and ultimately discovering Phantom and was fortunate enough, enough to be sort of very, very early into the Phantom ecosystem. This is before I had any kind of, of, you know, DeFi or, or any kind of like real use case at the time or, or practical applications on it. Fast forward. F wallet came out, I started getting really, really deep into facts. At this point, I think when F wallet came out, I started to become like a phantom maxi. I really liked the idea of the capital of, well, the potential for capital efficiency in terms of being able to stake your tokens, but then utilize your stake tokens as collateral to then mint, you know, stable coins or even synthetics. I, I, I think that whole narrative has been buried a little bit now due to the inability for FUSD to, to achieve peg, but regardless of that, that's kind of what really, really got me focused on phantom spirit swap came along and this is where DeFi started to really sort of take off. As he said, I was missing, you know, he was as well. I, I was messing around with sushi swap and all of the food tokens when they came out. That's what initially introduced me to farming, met the spirit swap guys, started off as a community member, worked my way up to mod admin. And then I got to a point where I was literally working two jobs, you know, I was, I was sort of like moonlighting, you know, helping the guys out with spirit swap, you know, till like two, three in the morning. And yeah, we were like, Hey, this guy's working harder than us. And we, <laughs> and we are with the, we started this project really, this guy, has team. this is insane. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just, it just worked out, you know, I was helping the guys out where they didn't have the bandwidth. You know, I wanted them to really focus on building because I saw true potential with spirit swap. And so, yeah, that's, that's where I sort of came in and started adding, um, a little bit more structure where I could helping out with medium articles, article writing, eventually ended up managing the whole community management team and uh, here I am as the operations manager. So yeah, it is, it is truly like a GMI story, really. I'm just so thrilled, like working in this role full time now. I don't know, man, our, our team just has the best culture. I feel like our culture is just insane.
Uh, it is by far the best work environment I've ever worked in. We've got this little, you guys may have seen it on Twitter. I've posted a few tweets sometimes about it, but, um, gather, which is kind of like our digital office space. And it's super cool. You know, we can throw whiteboards up in there and have whiteboard sessions. We just sit there and shoot the shit all day, you know, spin around ideas and get stuff done. So yeah, no, it's, it's been amazing, amazing experience. And it, it's a great example of the meritocracy of DeFi, right? Yeah, it is. And, 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 and that to me is actually one of the most exciting things about it, because I think DAOs and that are going to transform uh, how work is seen in the world in the future. So to me, I think that's uh, that's a really good part of the story. I'm curious, wait, first of all, have you guys all met in person or has it all been virtual? I know that Heesh and Rob have, but. Heesh, me, all have met in person and we actually hang out pretty often. Oh, cool. And same with a few other members, two other members on our team who are on the call right now. Very cool. You know, Spirit Swap is kind of, and, and I don't want to put words in your mouth and make you guys sound like you're, there's some conceit there, but being in the role you guys are of kind of being one of the first DeFi plays on that chain also kind of really puts you guys in a, in a leadership role in making that chain actually viable. Do you guys, is that something you guys think about, you talk about, is it something that's important to you? Is that had any impact or is it just kind of like, Hey, we're just building our ship. We don't care. No, that's one of the biggest principles that we have as a team. We are open to collaborate and like help every project like that comes on Phantom. Any, anytime like we see like, Hey, like a new project is like launching on Phantom, like we reach out to them. We open a chat with them. So there's like a line of communication with them. So that's one of the biggest principles that our team like lives by. Just to kind of like help everybody and like grow everybody. Like, of course, we want to like perform better and like we are working towards it, but we want to like help everybody along the way. That's great. Well, and look, I think, I think we all know in DeFi that, it, you know, partnerships, integrations, and, and shared incentives are, are a big part of why it's succeeding. And obviously it makes sense if you're a leader in the space that you're helping everyone else to grow the space because that that makes your future more solid. But it's also, I think there's just a genuine desire to help other people get through what you guys have already gone through. And I think a lot of people feel that way in this space. Yeah, like getting through the trust phase is the hardest part and it just takes time. But then it's also, some products will come to you and you may have never heard of them before, right? No one's done much research on them. So at the same time, it is kind of exhausting because we got to look into each project to make sure that we're not promoting something that could just, yeah. that could just explode or really screw people over. So it's, yeah. there's also a lot of responsibility there, which, which is uh, daunting, but luckily Nick came on the team because he puts in like systems to make sure that we actually vet projects. And Sid is also really good at being like in all of the partnership chats and, and, you know, quizzing almost the other team just to make sure that everything's legit and then yeah. trying to get them to docs or at least to us so that we can meet them in person and get on a call with them and yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah i think that that makes everybody feel a little bit better to know you guys are going through that process because it, it is hard i mean you know i talk about projects on this show and my other show and and i get nervous about it you know and i'm i have to be blatant about I've had no relationship with these people. So let's go back real quick to kind of like, okay, the time frame and then the creation of this thing. And was this kind of like spontaneous? You guys said, hey, let's create this thing that's that's like other things and other aspects of DeFi. And we're going to dive into Phantom and be the be Phantom right now. I mean, what was that process like? What? How did it come about for you guys? So the first thing we actually worked on together was not Spirit Swap. And that was probably back 
in G- last January. So it's been basically a year. Last December. Yeah. Like last basically December, a year. Yeah. yeah. And we were all, we talked about being in the discord, talking to each other, we were throwing ideas out left and right. The Dex idea was an idea, but it felt far-fetched for us because we hadn't worked on one before and it was a little daunting. Sure. So we were like, why don't we work on something we think we can do as a step? And so the first thing we did was an NFT project. Guys, should I show the NFT project on here? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. We're not even associated. We don't even, we don't do anything with it. Please don't go like yeah. uh, um, blowing up this community because I don't <laughs> think anyone's active in there anymore. But uh, <laughs> The NF, the NF Doge NFT on OpenSea is ours that we made. Really? It's called Official NF Doge. Doges. So now I hope it glows up. You can look it up if you want real quick. (laughs) Maybe I'll wait for you to pull it up if you want to, or you want me to. Yeah, go. Actually, you want to share a screen? Go for it. Yeah. Okay, here. So I got it. This was our (laughs) first project. I want the clown nose sword. Yeah, I feel like we could probably send you one if you want one. After that's awesome, dude. So we made these. Actually, if you if you look, DCF God, who is pretty prominent on Twitter, still we made one for him a long time ago. He still rocks. He still rips it. Twitter, he loves it. I am um, so gonna use that. That's yeah, phenomenal. We made one for Crypto Spidey back in the day. Anyway, so that's all I really was gonna that, show. So you just yeah. said let's do an NFT project and. Yeah. Create a so, bunch of NFTs. Were you guys sitting was, there with the pixel editor doing it yourselves or? No. So we were going to, we all had full-time jobs at the time. So I was, I was at Microsoft making games. And so I'd do that during the day. And then at night we'd all get on discord. We'd check in with our artists that we had been talking to and hired. We built out like an Excel sheet of all the different traits and characteristics and the percentages for each one. And then it's actually really interesting and actually was very useful that we did this because we figured out who on the team was good at what pretty early. Oh, that's like, cool. You ask the guys, I am shit at Excel. I don't know how to use Excel. <laughs> I can't do anything. True. They'd, they'd be screen sharing with me and they'd be like, Rob, so like just sum all those columns and they'd have to, <laughs> eventually they'd just like scrap it, send us the file, we'll do it, you watch our screen. So like get through all of the things we realized we were good at and not good at through the first project. And one of the biggest things was building a Discord community we had never done before. So we jump into that head first, fail a ton, get a bunch of complaints, people pissed off, all sorts of stuff. And then we're like, okay, next time we do something like this, we know how to do it right. Canceled that project, moved on, and then started Spirit. And that transition was because we thought, I mean, we didn't think we were really helping the space much, just making these PNGs. I shouldn't say that because... There's a lot of people who do, who do NFT projects here sure. watching this. And I appreciate you guys. Like anything helps the space, but we want right. to move on to a different project that involved some coding and not just, you know, painting something and then putting it online. Cause we had other skills to offer to the space. Right. Sure. But the cool thing about this yeah. is, is what you just said. Right. And I actually think that's a really good tip for people that are considering a project, especially, I mean, you guys had the benefit of, of at least three of you knew each other, right. In some regard, like you'd had some relationships, you'd gotten to know each other. But people that are diving into projects right now, head first into like full blown insanity stuff. It makes a lot of sense to do a really simple project first, see how you get along, see who has what skills, you know, I I think that's actually a a great learning experience. That's awesome. Yeah. And one other thing um, I'd say is the whole trust thing that we were talking about, where you build something, you need to build trust in people. Yeah. 
if you start, if you start a big project and it fails right away, you're going to have that reputation in the space, right? So if you start small and it's pretty successful, or at least for the size of the project, it's successful, then you right. can move on to a different project and then take your community from your previous project and bring them with you, which is what we tried to do. And actually, I think we brought a decent amount of people over and they became fanatic fans, which is great. Nice. Awesome. That's really cool. I think that's a great lesson for people is, is take bite off something small first. Makes a lot of sense. Definitely. So you did the NFT project and you said, said, okay, now we're ready for Dex. And yeah, <laughs> no, we, we want, said we want money for it. I'm jumping. Yeah. Jumping. Yeah. I, I can pick it up, but uh, we're like, let's do a hedge fund. Uh, that was like one of oh, our I ideas. Know, like, we're yeah. <laughs> 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 like, let's just do asset management. And you're like, we, we had like so many brainstorming sessions, a uh, lot of sessions, uh, forgetting out like what to like do next. And that's kind of like where like he shows like, Hey, like I've been like falling up on phantom and I feel like sushi is the only one right now and there's no incentives on there. And then we found like, Hey, there is like a, a gap over there. That's yeah. kind of like fill that gap. And we love like we, the initial test things that we did on Phantom, the interactions that we had, it was super cheap, man. Like it was like less than like 0. 000 0.000 cent at that point. Right. Um, uh, so we're like, okay, let's, let's just build and let's, let's continue to like, like build like a Dex because that's the thing that's missing over here. And, and so that's, it was like, all right, opportunity, let's just dive in, whether we're ready or not, we're going to do this and we're not yeah. doing a hedge fund. Yeah. <laughs> hedge fund, we ran into so many legal things. They're like, no way we are doing this. Let's just keep it for future. That's really interesting how each of your roles are, that there's not this massive overlap between skills and what you want to work on. And that's really unusual for a group of people getting together in DeFi. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It developed yeah, over time too. At first we were definitely stepping on each other's toes doing stuff, but Nick coming in really helped because he's a super systems oriented guy. He just likes nice. bam, bam, bam. And we were just trying to get stuff done as fast as we could. He was like, I slow down and let's just organize everything first. And everybody has a role oh. so that, yeah. So it's actually so much nicer. I wake up every day now and I know what I'm responsible for. And it's oh. so much easier. And he knows what he's trying and Sid and yeah. it's so basic, but like, man, I've never, we've never run a startup before. I've always been at a big company like Microsoft, right? And I knew what my job was because it was just right. me. I didn't know what my job was here because no one had described it to me. Nick described it to me. So it was great. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. I feel, I feel like it was a bit of a pain in the ass at first. Like I, I didn't want to put out the fire. I didn't want to put out the fire, but I feel like sometimes like the reins need to be pulled back a little bit so we can sort of reallocate, refocus, you know, sort of just make sure everybody's on the same page, make sure the communication is, is, is clear and transparent. I guess it's a, as the saying goes, it's about working smarter, not harder. Not that the guys yeah. aren't smart already, but it's just adding layers of systems protocols as we progress, you know, like with every startup, it all starts off with like a massive bang, you know, and then, and then you just, I guess you need to find your stride. And that's what we've really done. We've, we've, we're, we've really achieved that over the last, like, you know, three or four months and it just keeps getting honed. It keeps getting refined better and better and better. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to a strong finishing Q4 for us and then a massive start to Q1. Um, well, I got to tell you, I would say about 75% of the projects and startups I've worked with in my career needed a Nick. So you guys are, are, are damn lucky because it's, it's pure chaos. Like I, I need a Nick yeah, in my company, you know, and it's, and it, and it's hard to, you know, you find that you resist that when you're not 
operationally organized like he is. I, I, I find I, I do when I've been the guy leading the charge and then suddenly, suddenly says, hey, you need to organize these things. We need to get this together. But you guys are very fortunate to embrace that. And uh, I think I gotta, that obviously yeah. shows in the project. I got to say, the guys were incredibly receptive to it. I, I, nice. I was not, yeah, I, I was just, I guess I was really, really cautious about stepping on toes, but the guys were super receptive, which is good. And, I, and again, I think that that's another touch point is that we all really respect each other and everybody gets an equal say and everybody listens to what each, each other has to say. I don't think we've ever, since Spirit Swap was launched, had any like major disagreements or arguments about anything. So we just work like a well-oiled nice. machine, man. Like that engine on Definitely top. disagree. We just get past it or conflict. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. sure to disagree, but yeah, like, yeah. So let's, let's channel back to kind of, okay, we're, we're going to pre-nick, we're going to form this Dex, we're going to dive in. Like, was there, was there a vision of, okay, let's just start with kind of the basic of, of what a Dex is and does. Were you, were you adding all kinds of other features in your mind prior to launch and you wanted to launch with a lot of stuff or what was Spirit Swap like when you guys first started? Yeah. So we, we forked Uni V2 to start off and then we started just like kind of adding a bunch of features, but we didn't really have exactly a clear vision of where we're going. Like what we wanted to build, like we we're kind of just adding different features for like a DeFi suite. Uh, right. so we like added a zapper in like migration tools, like a lending network, other just random features. But I think over time we kind of honed in on like what we actually wanted to do and what we actually wanted to build and kind of found our direction. And now we're kind of just like in our stride moving towards that. Nice. You want to talk about what that is? In our direction. So we are kind of focusing down on our AMM. And we're focusing on building like stronger AMM and I guess an AMM that will be beneficial for the phantom ecosystem. So we're kind of really taking in the exchange aspect instead of focusing on all these different DeFi things, we're kind of really focusing on the exchange aspect, focusing on our UI, our backend, kind of our technology and then governance as well. And then building off of that, right? So I guess yeah. you guys become like, you really want to hone the engine and have it be a critical component of the overall phantom infrastructure, I guess. Right. right. You need like a solid foundation, I guess, to base, you know, further development off. And so focusing on those key attributes is, is the keystone, I suppose, to making sure that there's a healthy ecosystem that we develop within the protocol. That's cool. Also, if it sounds, if it sounds like a uh, very broad, broad, vague, that's because we're trying to be, because we have competition and we actually don't think that they're doing what we're doing. We. There's no way we don't. Yeah. So we don't, we don't want to put the idea in their head. Yeah. So we're down to tell you, Brad, if you want to just like talk to yeah, us and I edit it out, we're down to tell you. Yeah. I'd love to hear it, man. I'll edit it out. Absolutely. Will not disclose it because I'm actually so curious. Yeah. Do you guys think we should do that or should we do it over? Yeah. Or should we do it here? Yeah. I mean, he can edit this out. So he show it to you, Brad. Yeah. He should. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So essentially we're building a please hold for deleted alpha. We just, we just haven't publicly announced it yet. So, I mean, we'll probably will eventually once our audits are done, um, mm -hmm. we're like getting closer to launching it. When do you but think we'll you're going to, when we, 
do launch. I'd love to like get back on with you, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was about Maybe to say. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. Sure. Brad, did we talk to you at all about that stuff that we're coming out with in, on the more short, medium term? No. Had, yeah. yeah. No, the last time we talked, you guys were Nick and Heesh were not comfortable going too much into where you guys were going with new stuff. We talked a little bit. We did talk some things. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Whatever you guys are comfortable with. Eight modes public anyway. And then we've got something else really exciting. It's kind of, I, I guess, really evolved since we last spoke, Brad, which is our, which is our ecosystem pools, which will just add another layer of APR to our reward base. So essentially how this will work is it's kind of like if there are protocols out there who want to kick in and really boost the APR that we're offering on our farms, they'll be able to pledge their own tokens so our users can earn double rewards. So they'll be earning spirit tokens as well as, as well as the counterparty token as well. It's kind of a little bit of a roundabout mechanism that we've had to design just due to the inherent design of where we're moving with our boosted farms. So we're going to be leveraging vault partners to do this. But essentially, how we ideally want to build it out, is, and it just involves our partners making new vault contracts to sort of co-align with how we're wanting to achieve it. But the user will provide a liquid, will obviously provide liquidity to the pool. Those tokens, rather than just going into our normal farms, will then go into an aggregator contract. So like Grim Finance, for example. Right. Uh, now, the issue here is, is that an aggregator will usually sell the reward token in order to stack the original liquidity pool and that puts sell, sell pressure on Spirit. So sure. the solution we came up with is utilizing one of our WinSpirit wrapped in Spirit token models, which Grim actually offer. So essentially, rather than selling the Spirit, it'll be pairing that Spirit with, with Gin Spirit. So basically a one-for-one, one, which kind of like they're on peg with each other. Okay. Um, and building a separate liquidity pool reward. So the liquidity pool reward would be Spirit and Gin Spirit. What that then enables us to do is have the user spit out a vault token, like the receipt token you get from depositing into that vault. You'll then deposit that receipt token into the ecosystem farm, which is where you get your counterparty reward tokens emitted. So... Basically, the reward you're getting is a new liquidity pool, Gin Spirit Spirit, along with the counterparty token as well, which wow. is pretty cool. Yeah, no, that sounds awesome. I, I, I'm sure the current holders would be excited. Plus, it'll probably incent some people to come over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's awesome. You made me think, oh, what was it just before we start? They, I, I'm assuming I can keep this in. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 We're yep. good. Like if yep. this comes out next week, you guys are okay with that being it? Yeah. yeah totally we'll be pretty close to launching that then anyway. So. Okay, uh, right. I was on mute, but I was talking there. But also, uh, he mentioned eight mode. Did you guys go over that at all from last week? Uh, anyway, yeah. Hey, do you want to do you want to maybe mention a little bit? Yeah. So, right. yeah, we have ape mode, uh, which is essentially like a leg leverage long platform. It allows users to do like a one click leverage long transaction on long tail assets, right. and it utilizes cashy markets, which are provided by Abracadabra. And then Abracadabra will be having a MIM vault running on Yearn that'll kind of funnel in MIM into the caching markets where it's needed most or where it gets the highest APR. So it kind of it's kind of a system of caching markets plus a Yearn vault, and then the Yearn vault funnels MIM into those caching markets. And then our on our UI, we just use all those products to allow users to do a one-click leverage long. And it's oh, that sounds awesome. Up to three x leverage. And nice. we'll be able to support a bunch of long tail assets because they're all cashy markets isolated from each other. Us with So it's all kind of like a low risk thing. Nice. Now oh, that sounds fantastic, uh, guys. So I, one of the questions I was going to ask each of you guys is, 
Do you feel like for each of you is DeFi and crypto kind of a, a mercenary thing or a missionary thing, right? Are you, are you hardcore like Nick about, like I am, I'm pretty hardcore about those kinds of, of views as well. Like I really fundamentally believe that all people are not going to do better until we have a system like this, or are you more, Hey, I think this is an improvement. It's better, but I'm not necessarily that hardcore about it. Hmm. I mean, the, the thing is I, I do feel like DeFi is pretty niche in a way. Uh, like I could see NFTs, you know, getting a lot more global adoption than DeFi because not everyone wants to be their own bank. But maybe if like the banking systems are utilizing DeFi, then I guess everyone indirectly is using it in some sort of way, one or another. Yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with this. That's a tough question. So define like mercenary or mission. Well, I mean, you know, situation. The spirit swap provides you guys a living, right? You you, you earn your right. income from it, and it's probably highly profitable and you have a lot of people in your community that you work hard to make happy and people that are users on your platform to make happy and you earn a living from it. And, and that's probably mercenary is a horrible term for that, but it's just kind of something that's been floating around in another discussion I had. So mm -hmm. let's not call yourself mercenary, but do you kind of treat this as, Hey, this is a great innovation, great tech. It's a lot of fun. People that use our platform can make more money and that's cool. Or do you kind of treat it like this is, this is a financial thing that we must change because we need to enable and empower people with DeFi and crypto. Mm, okay. okay. I, think, I think the latter, like for me, yeah. but the thing is, I'm, I feel like I'm also skeptical in that we're not there yet where we have the technology where we think we can completely transition over, right? It's all still test phases, right? So I think it's going to happen eventually. I think 80% of the projects, 90% of the projects are going to die anyway. So most of them are mercenary. And I don't know if we're one, to be honest. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be like mutually exclusive either, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't. It does not. You can have a it little bit of both. both. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So like if someone says that they know for a fact their project's gonna be around in the next five years, liars. Like that's just <laughs> lie. Like that, that makes no sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that. Well, it's well, interesting because I mean I think 90% of the folks who got involved in crypto got in because they thought they could make some more money with it. Right. And, yeah. and, and then they became, you know, passionate about the cost yeah. or whatever. Right. And I mean, no, I did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So this has been, so we're not even, we haven't even gotten into, and in, we've gotten into new coming products, but we haven't really actually told people what spirit swap is. So I'll probably adjust some of the pieces of the interview yeah. a little bit, because this has been kind of the craziest interview I've ever done, but I'm actually, yeah, a lot of it. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> Let's kind of go through, if you were telling, telling your grandmother's a bad way, to, but if you were telling somebody <laughs> who's somewhat involved in crypto, hasn't taken a full-blown deep dive into DeFi, tell them what SpiritSwap is and why they should use it and what they can get from using it. Like, what's the value proposition for kind of the average person using SpiritSwap? Let's throw Sean on the bus. Throw me in there. Okay. I mean, I think... <laughs> But for me, uh, Spirit Swap is a decentralized exchange where the users kind of flow, control the flow of liquidity and liquidity incentives. And I think that's a big difference between us and a lot of other DEXs out there. 
if you look at a lot of other decks, including us right now at the moment, it's usually the team that's picking where the liquidity goes because we're picking the incentives. For example, you know, we say let's incentivize Spirit Phantom, ETH Phantom, whatever these tokens are. It's, it really comes down to us that are picking where the liquidity is at right now. Right. Um, but we want to head into a direction where the users of Spirit Swap or in Spirit Holders are the ones that are deciding where the liquidity goes what's getting incentives and kind of just like le letting the market decide what's being traded on spirit swap because at yeah. the end of the day like these decentralized exchanges they're not always going to have a team and if they don't have some sort of system like this they're just going to get left behind in one way or another and by the way what he's talking about like it sounds like it's off in the distance very far future it's actually weeks away so like we're gonna wow that in that's yeah, in weeks. well and that's incredibly timely because today Daniel from Abracadabra, Time, whatever, yeah. got into a public battle, right? Yeah. He got criticized the other day because he reallocated yeah. the treasury of, of, of the project. Oh, yeah. This was on AVEX, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he got into a, a battle with Trader Joe about mm -hmm. the management of funds. And his, well, his point was, when he was being criticized, his point was, everybody's coming down on me. But nobody talks about the fact that every DEX on the planet is deciding what the yields are going to be and what the yield farms are doing. Right. So everybody's telling me I did this completely centralized move and reallocated the budget and, by the way, made millions of dollars for the project. But nobody actually talks about the fact that Trader Joe, and he called out Trader Joe, is actually controlling what people earn in yield and et cetera. So this is actually uh, really timely for this kind of blow yeah. on DeFi discussion. I'm tired of moving emissions around, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> it's annoying. Like, I don't want to be responsible for that. But yeah, that's that's the essence of what Spirit Swap is. So it really just stems from that. And we're kind of building around that to improve the usability and the usefulness of our technology. Well, and I think there's a picture here that because we've kind of rambled around in this interview, we haven't really painted. And 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 I'll be careful not to disclose anything. But the the picture here is is that you guys are actually almost kind of stepping back and resetting on the core functions that you started with while you've also added all of these other partnerships and integrations and tools in your plan. I mean, there's a lot available to do in spirit swap, right? But you guys have actually kind of done a core reset and said, let's rebuild the core engine and then let's empower the community to make the decisions of what a deck should do because, Hey, we're supposed to be community based. And then you're building other capabilities that make that better and faster and more functional for for the platform and give you more advantages with other partners in the space right so i danced around that <laughs> i know i know i know i appreciate that <laughs> um, um, but but the bottom line is i really the story i want to get across is that you guys are actually doing something that's a little dangerous right you're, you're in the middle of this flow things are growing the whole world's growing and you're actually doing a reset on the core of what you are and and that's that's actually not an easy choice to make. Was it kind of something that you guys really struggled with, or did you just say, "Yeah, this makes sense. Let's do it"? I think. I think we, okay, go, you got it. You got it. Um, I think it's all about you know, like like coming in. I mean, we have we have these like weekly reflection meetings, and then we obviously spend all day with each other anyway. But I think it's it's really important to reflect and look at what have we done, what could we do better. And what does the community want? But not only what does the community want, what, what, what does the whole ecosystem need at large as well? 
and then really honing our product offering around those four main categories. I don't and being super centralized. Yeah. Because we Absolutely. want to be able to, we want, we want, if we left, we want to be able for spirit yeah. to keep have it. a live on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's the main, one of the main goals. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're kind of heading, I mean, it's that progressive decentralization, but you guys right, are actually right. taking really big steps right now towards that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's yeah. really cool to hear. And I'd love to see more projects thinking about it that way. Yeah. And if, I mean, eventually we want to, eventually we want to get to, you know, like straight up on-chain governance where there's not even a multi-sig that controls what's going on, but it's like a pure DAO in a way that's funding itself and using those funds to keep on building and expanding the community and improving the product. And the, yeah, the cool. step, the first step is probably going to have to be multi-sig. Right. Then yeah. we'll move to full on-chain once we work on some stuff. Yeah. It's a progression. That's going to be, that sounds like a very complex step. The, the, the yeah. Multi-sig it is, yeah. It is. Again, a lot of reworking and modeling of modeling required, but I mean, the transition into a DAO in itself is not an easy process either. Um, no. you know, there's a lot of structure and, and systems and processes that need to be built around that because, you know, Moving into a DAO, there's an aspect of civil governance, you know, involved and not yeah. everybody out there is well-informed enough to make. Yes. Or maybe they're just not really interested in making those decisions. Exactly. So it's making sure that the infrastructure is in place and robust enough to ensure that the resources are available. So when someone puts XYZ proposal forward, you know, you don't have someone with a hell of a lot of voting power who is, is just making these decisions blindly. We want to make sure that people hold a dialogue around this. People understand what it is they're actually voting on uh, or passing, you know, just, just to ensure the, the security and, and the viability of the, of the project moving forward. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, do you, do you think what you guys will end up with will be kind of a mass vote DAO, or do you think there will be some delegated responsibilities to people within the community where, where, you know, there's some level of responsibility handed to people by vote to, to manage. How I'm currently structuring it is a little bit of a hybrid between both. Ultimately, we would like to lead towards, you know, full decentralization. But again, I think it's a little bit of a stepping stone approach to that. Has um, to be. Yeah. And, and again, Going back to that whole reflection notion there, you know, it's about, it's about looking at how things are progressing and making gradual changes and, and implementing updates as they're required. When, when you hit those speed bumps, mow through them, you know, figure out a solution, which way around them. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. Well, and I think if the community sees that progression happening, that just creates more excitement, gets people more involved. If you're yeah. honoring, offering more incentives for the, for the primary tokens, it also makes them see incentivized value from that. So I think that's great. Are there projects you guys have been looking at that you think are, are doing things well down that path? Or do you think everybody's still figuring it out? You mean the DAO path? Yeah. The, the, the move to de progressive decentralization that yeah. or whatever that, that you kind of looked at and you said, okay, there's some good stuff there. I think everyone's still kind of figuring it out, but I do think Ohm has done a, or Olympus DAO has done like a really good job of kind of inspiring a massive community to rally behind it and really contribute towards it. Yeah. They've got a crazy amount of people that contribute towards it. They're just, you know, they're in love with the project and they want to work for the project and improve it. So I think that's really inspiring to see, but I still think that they are working out their own kinks. 
Sure. We, we talked about the overview of what Spirit Swap is. I think that was excellent, Heesh. If, can you guys kind of just give me a quick laundry list of everything that everybody can do on Spirit Swap today? Because I think there's a lot there. You've, you've, you've built some stuff yourselves, and you guys are also partnering with some projects to be able to provide people kind of a one-stop solution. Can you guys yeah. read that a little bit? Yeah, I guess so. I guess the main feature is swaps and then earning rewards by providing liquidity for those swaps. So I think those are kind of our two core things. And then another thing that's coming or is currently around is InSpirit, which is our governance token. Not much governance going on right now, but in a few weeks, that'll be going live with governance and a multi-sig structure. And then so for if you hold InSpirit, you can, I guess, improve your rewards from farming by up to 2.5x. You can earn Spirit from the protocol fees from swaps. And then you can also vote on the farm emissions to the gauges on chain every week. Nice. And so that's kind of our in-spirit realm. And then we also have borrowing and lending, and that's through Ola Finance. And so that's just the money market where you can borrow and lend certain assets. And then we also have a bridge where you can cross chains, you know, bridge tokens from chain to chain. Oh, it's coming there too. We didn't talk about that. What's that? We, we can talk about that eventually. Anyway, keep going. Keep going. We can talk about that. I think that's about it. Am, am I missing anything? There's, I mean, there's other minor features such as our zapper functionality right. function as well. So the migration function I quite like as well, because it means that it gives, it gives our users a good overview of the ecosystem and where there can be more capital efficiency. So let's say for example, you know, there a user is doing a comparison of, of farm emissions or API at the time, and they see that, you know, Spirit Swap may have better APR than other options on chain, you know, in terms of the APR available, they can quite easily, you know, with one click, migrate their liquidity over from protocol X to protocol Y, obviously being us. We do obviously have our bonds as well going on at the moment, which is our partnership with Olympus Pro, which allows for Spirit Swap to actually take ownership, protocol and liquidity of the, of the collateral that's deposited in order to emit Spirit Bonds. What else am I missing? We've got eight mode, obviously that we've already touched on as well. That should be launched soon, which is our leverage trading product there. Yeah. So Rob was lending and borrowing, I think. Lending I think I borrow. mentioned that one. Yeah. 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 And then what I'm really excited about is our transition to boosted farms, which obviously ties into that whole in spirit model and basically connecting those missing links to the chain. Nice. No, that's great. Yeah. And there's a lot there. And I, I like the fact that you guys are integrating with partners instead of building everything yourselves and, and focusing on the core components. You guys were doing bonds with Olympus Pro. Do you think the impact of, of Olympus Pro and some of the other kind of liquidity stability, volume volatility stability, price stability plays that are happening in the space, are they going to have an impact on your core business? Do you think that there will be in your future some other types of things that you guys are offering that that are tying into the Olympus DAOs of the world and all the forks that are happening? Do you think there's an impact long-term? Absolutely. So I guess our vision with Olympus Pro is adding another layer of liquidity to Spirit Swap. That's kind of like a long-term liquidity where in-spirit holders also can vote on which bonds to accumulate in the Spirit Swap DAO. And so the idea we have going forward with Olympus Pro is our DAO is accumulating a bunch of these liquidity pool tokens. And most of these liquidity pool tokens are available as farms on Spirit Swap. So for example, right now we're acquiring Spirit FTM LPs. I mean, we want our DAO to be able to farm 
uh, those Spirit FTM LPs and then send those rewards back to InSpirit holders from there. So it's kind of going to become more of a core part of Spirit Swap moving forward. We're just kind of need to find the time to elaborate on it. Okay. Yeah, very cool. I, look, I think that, look, I think just kind of the realization that people are getting from those protocols is is something that's going to impact eventually. I, I think we're a ways off, but, yeah, you know, from, I will tell you, I'm, I'm advising a couple of projects that are thinking about which chain they're going to launch on and. And as they go through their tokenomics for their launch and think about, you know, all the sell pressure that comes shortly thereafter, you know, it's, it's really hard not to circle back to like, okay, well, look what Olympus Tau does, because it's like, both of the projects have kind of this long-term vision of what they want to build. And it's, I think it's, I think it's slowly making a change. It's making a change for me because I'm so heavily involved with it, but I think in the, yeah. in, in the old ecosystem, it's going to have an impact. Mm. So it is a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really do. And it's funny because um, so many people complain about the forks, but I actually think the forks are bringing experimentation. That's yeah. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. And I think they're all about to come back together to the king soon here. You think so? One way or another. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the forks that have started working with Olympus DAO and like kind of being like mutually beneficial with Olympus DAO, I think those are probably going to be the ones to survive or at least have the makes higher chance to survive. Yeah. So I think it's coming back full circle. Uh, makes total sense. Is there anything else about Spirit Swap or what's coming we should know and talk about today? Uh, well, uh, we didn't mention the new UI, but but that's... Yeah, yeah. Something we, we showed us. How many guys are on the team? We have uh, mm, six cool team members. How many developers know, Rob? God, it seems like we're we have, we have three developers. Solidity devs, and then Rob, you probably know the UI side. Okay, I can actually look at our document. We have a, we have a, uh, yeah, we, uh, we can bring up, we have an oh. org chart. <laughs> org chart. <laughs> we have, um, Nick made an org chart. We have, Classic. Rob, actually. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Once, oh, you know what? One, two, three, four. Honestly, so like people working on the project, we probably have about like 25 to 26 people working on the project. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. In terms of developers, we have maybe 10 to 14, uh, 10 to 14, because some of them are part-time, most of them are full-time now. A lot of that though, like a lot of those resources is going towards our new UI too. So okay. they're just cranking on that because what's happening, right, is our current UI is being built out while our new UI is also being built out. So they have to catch up, right? So every okay. new thing we build on our, on our current UI, we have to then go back to design on our new UI. Sure. Build it. And then, yeah, oh, you see what man. I'm saying? You know, but it's actually going really well. We're catching up um, because more resources are on the UI 2.0. We don't actually need as much on the current site that we have. So things are flowing. It's fine. Everything's like going. At What's the, I mean, is there kind of a, is, is this a radical redesign on the version two of the UI or is this kind of, how can, can we improve you, it? I can show you a small. I mean, we leaked, we leaked a little bit of the UI and the most recent document that, that I put out there. So yeah, uh, I'd say it's pretty radical. Oh yeah. 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 Very different mm -hmm. from our current. I'll, I'll just, I mean, I'll just show, I can show you. But I think, you know, as, as we've sort of disclosed behind the scenes to you there, Brad, you know, as we work on radicalizing and improving the backend functionality, you know, that we, we kind of all agreed that that needs to happen in tandem or parallel with, with the UX and UI that we're offering our users. So Rob's just bringing up our Figma files here. 
for some of the design elements that we're looking to implement with the new exchange model. And yeah. is this okay to keep in this stuff? I think I think so. To be honest, I yeah. I mean, we've we've but, we've um, linked some of these at images. At this point, at this point, we're kind of showing people. I mean, so yeah. you can tell the style has changed. One of the one of the big complaints we get is if you go to our site, I won't go there now because my wallet's connected. I don't want to do that, but. Yeah, if you go to our site, when you load between certain tabs, sometimes there's a small refresh that people uh -huh. really like. But the reason why we did that is actually to break up our different code repos to be organized. Some some code repos uh -huh. need shared code. And so we, we've split them up. We are getting rid of all that. It's all going to be built in one repo. Switching between our tabs is going to be seamless. We also redesigned how the... Can you zoom on those a little bit? I can't see them. Yeah, I, mean, sure. I can see them. This is like really. how, how it would look on the homepage when it's disconnected. For example, when your wallet's not connected, okay, dates when your wallet is connected, right? It'll show your portfolio wallet breakdown. Oh, your shit. It should, yeah. That's this, friggin'. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's one of the bigger things is we're going for like a portfolio first. Uh, yeah, so for that's beautiful. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm trying to find. There's a good example of the state flow. It's not here. I'm not the designer. He showed he showed me today, but there's a, a great example of the state. Uh, so what, what he was about to say, but then we, we kind of interrupted there is we're trying to do a portfolio first DEX approach. So most DEXs you, you launch on and the first thing you see is like a swap. On yeah. The, on the home. So yeah, anyway, what we're trying to do is it should feel more like an investment platform for users, right? Yeah. So when you log in, we're going to have this landing page. You connect your wallet. When you connect your wallet, it will immediately take you to your portfolio and it will show you this, right? And then this would be your homepage from now on. So instead of like having a portfolio as, you know, the tab, it's, this is your homepage, meaning this is like the most important. And yeah, that's what you should see every time. Once you've connected and figured out what the hell's going on in the site and it's brilliant and it's absolutely, okay. I'm so excited to see that, man. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I, uh, you guys are going to, and it's going to make, look, users are lazy. So at the end of the day, if you make it so that they can see everything in one place, they're much more likely to take part in all of your products because oh, yeah. nobody wants to do what we all do right now, which is hop around to five different apps, trying to figure out what the hell we have or look at Debase or Zapier and have an incomplete picture. I'm much more, if I can earn similar amounts from your, from your decks that I'm earning across five decks or five yield farms or whatever, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to dedicate myself on yours because I know that I can see the whole picture in one place. Right. If yeah, people like seeing like how much they're earning like every day, like if you're a farmer, one of the best parts about it is like being like, oh, I'm earning $200 a day. Exactly. Passive. Nah, this is so smart, guys. Yeah, yeah I'm just bummed because I wanted to show the inspiration stuff. It's not here. Anyway, and one other big thing is. By the way, the design is, I like the overall design style better too. Thanks. Yeah. And the, there's a lot of mobile users, right? And so, for example, this looks like an app, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Right. So like this is, this is more, and, and our designers thought about a lot of stuff, right? Like where is your thumb? Like, I know it sounds ridiculous, but where is your thumb on your phone? Your thumb. Yeah. Right. That's where the tab should be. For example, no, there's a lot of stuff that like, if you look at DEXs and their mobile views, don't think about. So we're trying to make it a lot easier for all users. That's great. Uh, I, you guys are going to have a new fan. Cause I, I rant about UI and UX on Twitter yeah, at least once a week. So in DeFi. So, uh, Rob, do you want me to send you that Inspirit link real quick? Because I just found it, if you want. Sure, yeah. Yeah, we can do yeah. that. Oh, that one's super fresh. Like today we yeah, got it. Yeah, today. Uh, <laughs> so 
it's not even close to being done, but it's super fresh. Uh, it's cool that it's, that it's being revamped because it doesn't look very good right now. Make <laughs> your Discord, I just dropped that link to you, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, key, key point to touch on here is, you know, it's about us again, reflecting on what can we do better for our community? You know, what did the community want? What do we want for our community? And really improving the UX and UI has been, you know, the forefront of this decision-making, you know, the key focus of this decision-making. That's beautiful. Yeah. So here's our, it looks like it's, it's all it's, broken up. It's like being built right now. Yeah. 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 I get it. These are just oh. designs. Here's an example of it though, but yeah. Yeah. But, but look, you're, you're going to solve kind of the universal problem of DeFi right now, which is streamlining interface and providing me a view into my money. And, and yeah, nobody yeah. is doing that effectively. And, and having that be the, I, I was kind of stumbling when I was saying, cause I've never actually explained it before to people. I always had it in my head, but. That's kind of the first thing that you just want to see when they come to the, you know, your decks. They don't want to see your landing page and reread it every single time. <laughs> like, right. They know, they know the decks <laughs> Once they're the in. Yeah. Bullet. Yeah. 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 Now, so, first time they need to see and get an explanation of who you are. And then after exactly. that, show me my money. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's great, guys. That's exciting. That's awesome. All right. I, we've been going a long time. Anything else? You know, every time I ask this question, you guys pull out something else. So. <laughs> and I'm good with it. Have one tell it. Game, we just keep wheeling it out. I, I that's it. why I asked how many people are on the team. Cause I, I'm expecting you to say 120 or something at the rate you guys are breaking <laughs> shit out. We just, um, we, just, we just don't sleep, man. That's awesome. <laughs> so, if you don't, don't worry. <laughs> I, I got, I usually ask one question at the end, but I want to ask you each two questions. The first question is, what, what's your favorite project besides spirit swap in DeFi? That was easy for me. And I knew it was out for sure. <laughs> that's, we're all going to say the same. Thing. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's and also about where I am. And now we love those. They're great guys. Yeah. They are good people. Yeah. yeah. No, I, when I met Zeus and I interviewed him, we were on the call for a long time and I'm so blown away by that guy. Just. And, yeah. and I, and everything I've seen about, I haven't met the rest of the team besides in discord, but I'm impressed with all of them. So mm. that's great. All right. Well, that was, that was a anticlimactic question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Tell me somebody in crypto or DeFi past, present that you have, you know, incredible respect for besides Andre Cronje mm -hmm. that you think is really, really vital and important to the space. I can go real quick. Cool. I mean. So I already mentioned him, Safadine Amos, the sure. professor, Lebanese professor, wrote that Bitcoin standard book. And the reason why, well, I guess it's a really subjective thing to say and, and uh, biased because he got me into crypto. Reading that book, a friend suggested it to me. And he does a very good job of taking someone who has no idea why Bitcoin's even important at all and slowly convincing them throughout the book. Like he just like luring them in slowly starting without talking about any kind of Bitcoin at all, right? Right. First, you know, he's talking about like being on the gold standard and then coming off the gold standard. And then you're like, okay, this is all making sense. And then bam, Bitcoin just like, slams it on you. And you're like, oh, this makes sense. And so if you haven't read his book, go read it. If he had coached you personally through the book, do you think he would consider you a failure now? <laughs> yeah, that's a very interesting point. Yeah, I'm kind of a trader. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, at the same time, I'm not as much of a trader as someone who doesn't believe crypto at all. So exactly, that's a good I think point. He's still, he's a very reasonable person. I think he'd yeah. still appreciate. Look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much, 
I, I agree with kind of the wisdom and, and the spirit that he brings to it and other people like him have brought to Bitcoin and, and, in, and getting people into crypto. But I don't, you know, I just disagree with kind of the whole maximalist Bitcoin position. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I believe in innovation yeah. and competition. So, yeah. yeah. Nick, what's your answer? I mean, I was going to say Andre. But I knew it. That's why I, that's why I, I, I did that. <laughs> I mean, that, that just makes well, let's sense. talk about Andre a second, right? Because I don't think people really understand how involved he is with Phantom. I didn't know until Simone told me. And so I, I was shocked at the level. So, so go ahead and talk about Andre. I think that's fair. I mean, I mean, you've got to pay respect to the guy. He's one of like the grandfathers of DeFi, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Very serious and sometimes imposing figure, you know, but I mean, he, he just... He knows his stuff. I mean, you know, he's very innovative and, and clearly has a passion for this space. But if we're not going to talk about Andre, I, I want to pay homage to, um, I, I think, you know, it's a very long to look at things from a technical perspective, but you also have to look at community as well and building a community around crypto because without community, you don't have anything, you know, like this whole right. space is community. And again, you know, pointing on the fact that I am a, a bit of a fan to Maxi Austin from FDM alerts, man, that guy is, yeah. um, he shows a lot of dedication to the space, just a great dude in general. And I think one thing that the space is, well, was missing is education. Education is so important for allowing for adoption and making new members to the community and the ecosystem, feeling welcome and feeling well-informed. Austin just owns that you know nice. he, he completely owns that on phantom yeah i can't speak highly enough of the dude i was unfortunate enough to not be able to get out of my country to make the phantom devcon so i, I missed catching up with him but i'm hoping next year i'll be able to do some travel and come over stateside and, and work a bit with the guys directly and and look forward to catching up with everybody and, and austin included then yeah so and that's cool so it's austin the person but austin also the austin the type right and absolutely. i think absolutely i think those people across the ecosystems and across the chains who are kind of doing that hard work, you hope they all get rich eventually from it. But you know, the guys that, that actually like dive deep in this shit and yep. just out of love for the tech and probably hope for, for wealth someday, just say, I'm going to make this happen. You know? Yeah. It, awesome. And it's, it's more people who just don't go out there and do those mindless sort of shows, you know, yeah, um, yeah. it's people actually dive into the tech and look at the fundamentals behind the tech and why that could be a game changer for the ecosystem and also being objective as well. You know, he's not, he's not afraid to ask the tough questions and to call things out sometimes as well. So that level of object, I, I think the key word there is objectivity, you know, that, that, that person type who's not afraid to be objective about things, it's hard to not have mad respect for them. So yeah. That's excellent. Well, along those lines, shout out to Cronier for not yelling phantom pump. <laughs> <laughs> he like refuses to. I love that. That's one thing I love about uh, That's great. Actually, he goes, fuck that. He's like, yeah, absolutely not. Ish, I'm keen to, keen to hear who your influential person is. Yeah, man, that was a great answer, Nick. I don't know if I could follow that up. Say, say I like, was going to say Austin. You <laughs> know, man, that it's a really tough question because, like, you know, there's a lot of people in the space, and I have a lot of respect for a lot of them. But it's just like not one person really comes to mind. To be honest, I think I would. The, my most respect is for you know the community members that stick around and support the project, mm -hmm. the devs that, yeah, that work so hard on it, or admins just all you know everything it takes to really have a thriving community like those are the people that you got to respect yeah that's awesome yeah 
I, I think one one key thing we've missed out on as well is, is saying thanks to the Phantom Foundation for all of the support that they've given us throughout this whole mm -hmm. process as well. Those guys have been tremendously supportive. Michael Kong, Simone, you know, the whole team, Quan. Yeah, yeah. Massive, massive shout out and, and thank you to them as well. Cool. I, I'm going to ask one more question. What advice, because I think you guys are so in the heat of it and you're doing things, a lot of things right. What advice would you give to folks who are saying, okay, I'm, I just did my NFT project. Now I want to dive into a complex DeFi project. What, what things would you be, tell them to be looking out for, be concerned about, or think about before they dive hmm. in? I would say have a team that will just always have your back and support you, I guess, through thick and thin, because at some points you're like, man, like this is really stressful. Like this is rough, but then you have like your teammates to lean on and like, they're going through the same thing you are. And you kind of just like build off of that together and build each other up to continue moving forward. One thing also, instead That's of awesome. before you pay someone to do something, try to find people who are more pa uh, passionate enough to do it without getting paid. Like, and not because you don't want to pay them, but because right. you want the right people on the team first, you do want to pay them eventually. Like for example, we wouldn't go randomly looking for a mod in our community. We would be like, hey, this guy's been talking a lot and Nick would identify him in the past. He doesn't do that anymore. We have people doing that. But he would say that guy deserves to be at this spot. Let's move him there and see if he wants to. Before we try to right. nice. do it. Nice. Because that will build the team a lot closer because people earn each other's respect that way because they're actually working hard yeah. before they're gaining anything versus gaining something before they work hard. Yeah. So that's what I would... Absolutely, Rob. No, that's a very good point. And that's I, that, awesome. That, that, that touches on another good point, you know, as to why we do run so efficiently behind the scenes. You know, if I'm, if I'm snowed under or whatever, I can pin a message on our notice board. I did it literally just before, you know, I've got a couple of briefs that I need to get out that a moderator or admin could quite easily do that task load. Uh, I think within 30 seconds of me posting that, you know, without having to post any kind of reward or incentive, I had two of our mods straight away within oh. 30 seconds say, I want to do it, you know, like, and it's, and it's picking people who have that kind of work ethic that is going to build a, it's going to enable longevity and self-sufficiency and sustainability within your team. And again, that's, that's, are we just kind of like muddled ourselves into finding, you know, into assembling and forming our team this way, but it's just kind of fallen into place. We've been really lucky in that respect. That's, but that's a really cool thing to identify. And it's not something that was really possible until these community DeFi DAO structures, right? Like, yeah. like how many places in the world could you say, Hey, come do this work for me and prove, you know, you're not saying this, but thinking hey, I'm going to ask somebody to do a job. I'm not going to pay them to do it. And we'll see if they actually care enough about doing it. And that, and I understand it's not a trick mode for you guys. You're just seeing these people that are motivated and you're saying, hey, let's 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 move them up. But I, I think that's an awesome piece of advice. That's great. I mean, it also paves the way for promoting internally as well, which I think is really important. You know what I mean? Like people see getting other other people getting promoted internally and working their way up the ladder, so to speak. And that really instills that sense of drive and willingness to help out and, and, and get amongst because they know that as we grow, we will, they will grow with us, you know? Right. Um, That's great guys. I appreciate your time. No worries. Yeah. After yeah. Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun with this one. This was, this is probably <laughs> the most disjointed 
conversation I've had, and it's probably one I've had the most fun of because you guys are you guys are a good group of guys. I'm really excited about what you're doing. I I, I wasn't really expecting kind of where this thing went, and I'm really excited about it. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we'll look forward to catching up with you when all of the alpha, all of the alpha we've just spilled on you is finally out in public. Maybe we can do a little bit of a review, a little bit of a from to two, you know? Yep. Uh, Awesome. All right. Thanks guys. Great guys, great interview, great project. Really excited for what these guys are doing and their approach and attitude towards the entire DeFi ecosystem and all the really cool things that are happening in Phantom. I get excited when I hear people giving back to the community, the lessons that they've learned, and we had a lot of that today. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please like, retweet, review us, rate us, on your favorite podcast app. We're trying to spread the word and we need your help. Have a great day and thanks for listening.